This episode is supported by Seedlip, the world's first distilled non-alcoholic spirit. Crafted without alcohol, sugar, or calories, Seedlip's spirits solve the dilemma of what to drink when you're not drinking, whether it's for the night, the month, or forever. Because as a non-drinker, it never feels good when your only options are water, soda, or sugary mocktails. So now you can skip the booze without feeling left out when it comes to your social life. So whether you prefer punchy citrus flavors, aromatic spices, or savory herbs, Seedlip offers a drink for every type of drinker. It's crafted using bespoke process, including traditional copper distillation of botanicals. And each of Seedlip's three variants, which are Spice 94, Garden 108, and Grove 42, are alcohol-free and have their own unique flavors, which pair so perfectly with just a splash of tonic. But they can also be used to make more complex cocktails, and you'll find those in the Seedlip cocktail book or on their Instagram account at Seedlip underscore NA. So head on over to seedlipdrinks.com or .ca and use the promo code thisfamilytree10 for 10% off your favorite non-alcoholic spirit. They're available in Canada and in the U.S. and now at LCBO stores throughout Ontario. And again, that's seedlipdrinks.com and thisfamilytree10. Hello, everyone. I'm Alex and I'm here with my husband, Shane. We are so glad that you joined us for Happy Hour on This Family Tree Podcast, episode 139. The big 139. Big 139. Shane, we have, and I'd say, like I always say, it's a great episode tonight, but I really am happy about this one. It was so fun for me to do. Today, we speak to Renee Arena. She's the mom room. She's a former guest. We've been guests on her podcast and just like an internet friend come real life friend. Yeah. What were, we, what were you talking about today? Oh, you know, husbands. What, and- <laughs> good, all good things, I hope. No, but we were talking about being a default parent, why we end up like that, whether it's by choice or necessity. And then we get into female friendships because her and I are, we have, I'd say, a burgeoning friendship, a burgeoning, blossoming, beautiful relationship. But everything with female friendships at our age, it can be tough. It can be slow. It can be tricky to navigate. And you're not a big friend hanger outer. That's what we talk about. Is she a big friend hanger outer? She's not. She's got no friends. That's what that's what we talked about. I feel like you had friends when we met and then they just all went away. Well, because they all had kids and got married and now have no time. And it's like, when my best friends have a night off, I don't. Then when I have a night off, my girls are doing something. And it's it's tricky. It's a small group. How come my friends can always figure it out? Because you've got 30. Okay. <laughs> but Shane, tonight we are doing a Seedlip Grove 42 and tonic, keeping see. it refreshing. Because it's been like a muggy, disgusting summer day. Oh yeah, today's been a, it's been a day. And a, a special notable day because Betty's last day of breastfeeding yeah no it's not that's a lie why is that a lie because you can't commit you need to be weaned off breastfeeding just the way she does no i am adamant i took a picture of the last time that we were gonna do it just upstairs right there and i I think i'll probably end up feeding her in the middle of the night like if that happens because i it's just the easiest way to get her back asleep but shane this is it i made the decision tomorrow I am going to do the vinegar on the nipples. Hmm. And the idea is she won't like the vinegar on the nipples. Yes. So then she says, oh, I want milk. And then I have a fresh bottle of like tasty non-vinegary milk. And then she grabs that and then never goes for the nipples again because they now taste like vinegar. So I'm going to explain to her tomorrow that, hey, when you get to this age mommy doesn't have any milk anymore and it, it it's it goes bad maybe i lie and say it goes bad somebody that messaged me today on instagram said that that's what they did 
And they said it was the hardest thing because then they see their kid being like sad and upset at something that would bring them comfort. And it was like really hard for the parent, but the kid adjusted within 48 hours. How easy would it be for you to cry right now? Oh my God. I've already done it three times tonight. Can you tell? Like, are my eyes kind of puffy? Well, you were just going to do a cry move there. You deked right when you could have gone left, but you chose not to cry just then. I'm trying not to because I do feel very emotional about it. I'm very fragile about it because it just means that our last baby is growing up and not going to be a baby anymore. I'm going to try really hard not to cry. Do you see that at all? Like, are there any moments for you where it's like the baby's not a baby anymore? Yeah, but I don't like the babies. I like, like, I love the babies. Do I like them? I don't know. I like toddler mode. Two to four. Five, you might get a tear after me. Them going, or a tear from (laughs) me. Uh, But when they go to school, like elementary school, you might get a tear. But leaving the baby phase is a good time for me. See, I agree. I think that for me, it is the time when they both needed me the most, like when they're nursing. And uh, just like such, like it's It's relaxing. Power trip. Well, when things are going crazy, everything's hectic. To be able to whip a titty out and breastfeed and calm a baby down is an amazing hack. It's an amazing thing to be able to physically do. You also like the power, though that the kid inevitably seems like it likes you or needs you more than it needs me. You like that. Can you admit to that? Not in comparison to you, but I like the idea of the kid needing me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but not in comparison to you. But Um, Betty's a nightmare right now. And because she's smart enough to know uh, how to get the milk. So if mm -hmm. you're sleeping for an extra two hours in the morning, my whole morning while I'm looking after the kids, because we have a schedule where I usually uh, wake up at seven and you sleep from seven to nine. And yes, you are waking up throughout the night. That's the flip side of it. You'll wake up in the middle of the night should there be a disturbance. Sometimes there is, sometimes Mm -hmm. there isn't. Much more annoying, though, to wake up in the middle of the night than having me wake up at 7 and let you sleep in for a few hours. So that's what happens. Mm -hmm. But now Betty's so smart, it's just a game of keeping her away from going to the bedroom. (laughs) And then we have to go to a Tim Hortons every day or a walk. (laughs) And that's if I'm lucky. The lure of a donut doesn't even work for Betty. The milk is that powerful. And when Lucy was this age, she was so much better behaved. Yeah, it was easier to wean Lucy too. Um, For you, honestly, because you knew another kid was coming. Yeah. So pulling off that Band-Aid wasn't as emotional. But you're clinging to this breast milk more than she is. Well, I no more than Betty. She's addicted. You got her addicted. No, but I say I have in the past few days been saying no and then she freaks out because she's past the point of no return now <laughs> lucy stopped at 18 months betty's about to get her driver's license you sound like all the people on tiktok right now i'm just saying for our lives being easier this is no longer helpful it is for no some people helpful. on tiktok it may or may not be mm. i am in the house i am not just some troll commenting to be annoying it's not good right now no, I know. And that's what's leading me to this decision of saying, hey, like today, today is I, it. You say today. I suggested today. I know. Because no, but Shane, I'm saying day. I agree. And I'm saying like I today was is the final straw. And like I've been leaning towards trying to take a, a like a stronger arm in it. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And it, it was in last night 
we had a terrible night. Like I was up there from 1.30 to 2.15 and then from 3.30 to 5.30 or 6 with the kids. And then I went in and grabbed Shane at 6.30 and, and then we switched up and I got a nap. But it was it was brutal. It was brutal. And even mm-hmm. on the weekend, mm-hmm. you and I were running around a lot. You know, we were doing location scouting for your shoot. We had a lot of chores to do. We were going to Toronto, Niagara, everything. And when we, like the kids were great, but when we would be out in public, like at the mall, just having fun, Betty would be constant, constant asking a nurse. I'd nurse her. 10 minutes later, she wants to nurse again. 10 minutes after that, wants to nurse again. And it's getting to be the point where it's very exhausting. She's over her sickness. I want to nurse her through her COVID and everything, which I did. And now it's like, this is the perfect little window. Hey, fed is best. (laughs) <laughs> so and she's actually not eating yeah because that's the of other this. thing she's skipping meals because the best steak in the world is nothing <laughs> compared to your boob milk i don't know what you're putting in there but it, it must I'm taste jealous. like fruit loops mm-hmm. or something i wonder if it gets better with time like with like lucy. a fine wine exactly you know with lucy it was a little uh not quite mature yet and now it's like that perfect taste who knows i'm still making milk like a mofo, like so much milk. Mofo stands for motherfucker? Yes. Okay. But I'm just saying, like, this stuff is obviously good. So what happens now? You you stop giving it. it. So you stop giving it. Yeah. And then you stop giving it to Betty and then it stops coming. Well, okay. I read recently that I think once your breasts produce milk, you always have the possible ability to i think i gotta look that up nobody quote me on that but your your breasts have i don't know something anyway Mm, it's an educational (laughs) podcast your breasts have something is the take i wasn't expecting to talk about that i'll i'll save that for the next one but um after lucy so it was two years right or no like a year until i had betty but throughout that entire time if i squeezed my breast milk would come out the entire time Hmm. and yes i bet some of that had to do with pregnancy but it was like i don't think my boobs ever took much of a rest you think in 10 years i honk one of your boobs if some milk comes out it might need a few honks okay i i honk it 20 times how much milk can i get i mean i don't know maybe a drop that'd be amazing though if after that long even a drop comes out that'd be pretty cool you would like that well, I just think it's amazing what the body can do. Amazing good or amazing like, ew? No, amazing like, whoa, cool. And then just kind of leave mm, it there. I don't know if I'd like that if I was a woman. <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm i so one with my breast milk at this point. Like I've been doing it nonstop for what, four years? I've been nursing a kid, right? So it's just so um, second nature to me right now. Mm. And So that's where we're at right now. That's where we're at. And you don't feel, yeah, you're excited. I'm excited that it hopefully kind of puts us on the right path of just things going a little bit easier. I'm hoping Betty starts putting on weight. I hope that she gets a little less fussy. Um, Too fussy, yeah. (laughs) And I feel like that's not part of her normal nature. I just feel like the milk has got her fussy. What else would you like to talk about? Uh, Doing everything as a team. So you and I have been doing... Everything is a team and people have been pointing it out. But I, I don't find Who it that pointed way. pointed it out? Well, the guy that was doing the shoot over the weekend. 
some people on the set of your show? Yeah, a lot of people say, because Alex has been helping a lot on this sketch show, they would say, my wife would never help me out. And I think it's because I'm a codependent person. So I make my world where I always need someone to help me. And a lot of my friends are more independent people, but I'm more team oriented. Mm -hmm. So my partners have traditionally always been team focused. Yeah, and, and that, but that's how I feel too, right? Like I'd rather us do things at the same time. And Renee and I get into it in this conversation, you guys will hear, we talk about Hanson. Who is it? Taylor Hanson's got like seven kids. I think it's Taylor, one of them. Yeah, what does that have to do with it? Well, because then his wife is at home taking care of the kids and he's off like touring and doing his thing because they've been a working band this entire time, like since we were teenagers. Are he, or sorry, is she and you still attracted to Taylor Hanson? I honestly don't even know what they look like now. I, I know a bunch of people that went to their shows, but the Hanson guys, you know, they look a little older and unrecognizable considering I haven't been like following them along. But I liked it. Who is the little one? Zach? Yeah. Zach and Taylor, I think, were What's the hard the Isaac is the middle one. I think he might be the best looking one now. Hmm. Because I think he was more of the AJ, like him and AJ, not AJ, Brian, Howie, Howie. Oh, my God. I think him and Howie were like the same level of, um, you know, how people like endeared themselves some, which was like the least of their respective groups. But I, I think Howie had a better go of it than Isaac. Isaac was very black sheeped. Very much. Very much. Mm -hmm. Everybody was either Taylor or Zach. I, I didn't have any Isaac friends, whereas I may have had one Howie friend. But... Or I should say he was ugly duckling because much like the ugly duckling now, people <laughs> seem to be liking him more. He's a beautiful swan. But I, I might, I don't even know if I believe saying that because it has to be Taylor. He, I saw a video of him. He looks like a beautiful man. I honestly, I don't know. I, I saw some videos and I didn't recognize them. I'm typing in Hanson right now on my phone. He, they all look great. Do you know who great. he looks like? They and all I, look great. Yeah. Is that recent? I, no, I don't think that's recent because he wasn't shaven. He looked exactly like you after you had Lucy. You remember you had that shorter haircut? You're talking about Zach? No, you look like Taylor. I looked like Zach when I was a kid. When I was growing up, yes. I cut my hair short at one point. You could not distinguish oh, myself that. to Zach Hansen. I can see it. You look like a Hansen. I look like a Hansen brother. Well, if they ever need a stand-in, like that, that's them right now? No, like... That was a few years ago, but I'm say saying a recent video, you look like Taylor. He's clean shaven in the video I saw. Well, I'll take it. But yeah, mm -hmm. I'm looking at one of their younger photos right now, and I definitely look like Zach. Yes. Or Taylor. Yes. Now I don't even know who's who. What band? So like for me, it was Backstreet Boys, obviously, and Hanson, huge into. Never really cared for NSYNC. I never, ever did. The first thing I liked to come out of that world at all was Timberlake's Senorita. But who is your go-to group you're a little older was it like 98 degrees well i feel like uh, boy groups weren't big for boys when i was growing up but i had a thing like for joey from new kids on the block i liked him my sister liked that group joe they just called him joe new kids on the block but back to the topic at hand because i feel like if i didn't rein it in here no one would well i was i was on it renee got me on the handsome thing i was feeling it again but yeah I like doing things as a team. I feel personally like super just left out FOMO-y if 
we weren't doing the things together. Because I think at the end of the day, I've had so many experiences on my own, like traveling the world, work, just doing all these like fun things. But I got nobody to share those things with. And I have nobody to sit next to and be like, oh, you remember that beautiful night in Greece? And it was like, no, nobody does because I was alone experiencing that alone. And it's like kind of sad to me. And I, I want to be able to experience all those things with the person I'm with. Do you know what's weird? And I hate to say this to you because I know you're such a traveler. I don't care about traveling at all. I know, I know it's, you don't. You're just, and I've heard Howard Stern say this too, and I tend to agree where you're just in a hotel somewhere else. 90% of beaches look identical. Mm -hmm. Everywhere pretty much has the same feel to me. And that's it. I like traveling. Don't get me wrong. It's just not this fantastical thing where I want to stay in a hostel and do all that. It's like juice isn't worth the squeeze to me. It's annoying to be in an airport. It's it's not all it's cracked up to be. So when people go on these long tales of ad adventures and stuff, I'm like, what are you talking about? Shane, you haven't ever gone me somewhere like that. And I agree. All the beaches look the same. And that is why you experience a city because the cities are different. And some cities have beaches attached and it's great. And if you go with me, I will be able to help give you like a really cool experience that is very unique to that place if we go somewhere that I like know. What? what What could we possibly do though? Like what? I don't know. Go just, for me, it's all eating and drinking. It's like, let's go and do all the tapas bars, the tapas crawl in Barcelona. And just so a little cracker with some bullshit on it and we're going to eat that. Millions of yeah. little crackers. And it's fine. And I'm not saying it's bad. It's just... People put traveling on such a ridiculous pedestal that it can never live up to the hype. And the hype is way too much. And the word adventure, when someone's <laughs> just kind of annoyed and lost and on a cobblestone street and trying to find out where they're going, it's, it's so annoying that people romanticize it so much after the fact. It's like high school level of romanticizing going on there no but whenever i've been on a thing like yeah there's been a, annoying moments and whatever but the whole thing doesn't it doesn't feel like that and it does feel like an adventure and it does feel it's like romanticized as it's happening I, maybe I think, if something romantic's going on maybe if you're <laughs> single and you i don't know meet some hot guy in the beezer or whatever and you're on ecstasy <laughs> and it like you know calvin harris or whatever is thumping the beats but i just don't see it otherwise. Well, I don't think that you have done it in a way that maybe supports like thinking about it like that in retrospect. No. I'm going on adventures in real life in my home city right now. This is going to be the time of my life in probably five years. I'll be looking back saying this. 100%. 100%. The adventure's here, babe, right in front of you if you want it. That's all I'm saying. I'm adventuring here. I'm romanticizing this and I'll adventure when I go travel too, Shane. You can do both. I want to see it because I've been traveling with you. Where have we gone where it's like adventure town and we're like doing our own thing? We've mainly, well, Vegas, sure. But like you and I have mainly lately done like beaches and things. But you look at when we go to even East Coast of Canada, we had a great time like trekking around and finding out cool corners of the city and everything like that. That's all it's about. I have those adventures everywhere I go. 
Yeah. So let's do them somewhere with like exceptional wine. I also don't care about adventures. I want to relax when I go on vacation. You can relax. You go to a little sleepy town with great wine and great food and you relax and you eat and you drink and you just mosey. That's all it's about. It's just moseying at your own pace. Good. Because you've been talking a lot about adventures. and Yes, I know. And we're going to go on one. Well, I I kind of uh, bring it up to Renee and she uh, now she's mulling over Paris. But Shane. Paris? Oh, my goodness. Shane. Don't get me started on Paris. Don't be a goober. We're doing it. After we, not necessarily I'll Paris. I'll do it somewhere, and I'll do it happily. Somewhere. But I'm going to be annoyed a lot. Well, if you go into it with that attitude, of course you will. If you're going to be like, the first cobblestone streak I get lost on, I'm going to get annoyed at then of course you will. But you got to be open to being like not caring and letting things just slide off. I don't care. That's what I mean. It's not fun, nor is it unfun. You're going to have fun. Okay. I want to shake you. I want to grab you by the shoulders and shake you. I think I'm the opposite of most people. I'm having fun 80% of the time in normal life and where everyone else is just doing it 20% on their vacations. No, that's why I think you'd have so much fun going with me to somewhere. Because like, look how much fun you and I could have in Hamilton, the city we've lived in for you almost 40 years, me 33 years. I've been to Africa, been everywhere. I've done stuff. Trust me. Not together, Shane. I I went to Africa. I know. People say that's an adventure. Trust me. I've had more adventures in Hamilton. I'm saying together. You and I. Okay. I'm down. You... You start building a friendship with Renee because I've been hearing about this friendship forever. <laughs> you talk a big game well, about a lot of things. Hey, we You've, get into it. How many times have you hung out with Renee? Once. We talk about it okay. and we talk about how it's a failed burgeoning friendship, but we're still trying. If you want it to happen, make it happen. It's up to you. You can't rely on Renee. Well, then how do I make it happen with you in Europe, Shane? Wait, that that confused my brain. How do I make it happen with you? Here's what I heard. How do I make it happen with you when you're up? I think you're saying, how do I make it happen with you in Europe? In Europe. In your, what do you want to happen in Europe? I want to go there and I want to eat and drink good stuff. Sure. Good. Just saying it's never going to live up to it. Because we go to Pillar and Post an hour away. I bet you we have just as much fun there. Yeah, but it's a new place and it's seeing a new part of the world. And honestly, people have different interests. So much of everything that like I learned and all the like some really cool experiences happened while traveling. And I what's think what's your it's, best experience that happened while traveling? I think just the experience of it and like being alone and going for like beautiful dinners by myself and seeing new things and just it's it's incredible. It's I can't put it into words and I'd have to sit there and think about it because it is indescribable so much of it is indescribable and it is really beautiful and i want to do that with you and i want to show you what i mean and i've been telling you that our whole relationship i want to show you what i mean we've ever come to that in our traveling experience honestly i'd even say vegas i think that us just Mm -hmm. cruising around and having fun and like going to comedy clubs and finding like fun places to eat oh okay if that's traveling i'm all for it because to me what we did in Vegas was very Hamilton-esque where we live. Yeah, babe. Just take that. Take that energy. Take that vibe and just like plop into somewhere that's like yeah, old it's just, and a cool history. 
Like, that, that'd be so much fun if I can, like, take you through the streets of Rome and show you all the cool history. Like, like we, I don't know, go to Pompeii. I'll show you the red light district from ancient times. Like, so much fun like that. Are they and still I, working there? Is it? <laughs> no. Oh. But there's little penises in the ground. And the direction that the point is, is that penises point is the way that you walk to get to the red light district. Okay, now we're cooking. See, this sounds fun now. Yeah, it is. But now, Shane, with that adventure in mind, let's get to my conversation with Renee Arena from The Mom Room. But before we do that, let's let everyone know who we are supported by. We are supported by True Earth. And if you listen to this podcast, you know that Shane and I have been trying to reduce our environmental footprints. This may be a minor exaggeration, but my environmental footprint has vanished. <laughs> it's a small exaggeration, but one way that we're doing it is by eliminating single-use plastics in the household. Or trying to. And one of the biggest single-use plastics that we had were laundry detergent bottles. Now, you're thinking, why would a laundry detergent bottle be considered a pollution? Well, the plastic, <laughs> they don't actually get, you know, you throw it in your recycling bin. But only 70% of the stuff that's in your bin ends up getting recycled. Yeah, and 70% is good in like, a, for me, on a high school essay. But that's not good for recycling. <laughs> no, plus all the water that is used to make that detergent fluid can be incredibly wasteful. So when we discovered True Earth detergent, we have not looked back. The detergent comes in these pre-measured soluble strips. They're kind of like paper. And you simply rip them apart and throw them in your machine. It is so easy. And the best part, there is no plastic and they work so amazingly. So because the packaging is so compact, it leaves your laundry room looking like pretty tidy without even trying. I think we have over a year's worth and it fits into an envelope. Yeah, I think it's like it's like four inches wide and we have like 160 yeah. loads. It almost seems like you're getting ripped off, but you're not. <laughs> you're just ripping them off and using them and saving the environment. And as family with kids who have super sensitive skin, we often opt for the baby detergent because it's fragrance free, it's gentle on everyone's skin, and it's still so tough on dirt. Our clothes come out smelling great and crispy clean. And Shane and I have now gotten into the new Lilac Breeze scent. It is like so beautiful, so refreshing. So check out true earth detergent out at true.earth they have a slew of other products there as well that you will want to get your hands on and if you use our promo code this family tree 10 you're going to get 10 percent off your order whether that is a one-time order whether it's a subscription you're getting that 10 percent off you're gonna love this product take my word for it again it's true.earth and this family tree 10 but we are also supported by bravado designs bravado designs make the best bras that you can get your hands on the best for your breasts. The best. <laughs> we got introduced to them, and I say we because Shane's the one that picked them up just by chance when I was nursing Lucy because I was in desperate need of something that wasn't going to hurt my nipples. Yeah, I just walked into a bra store. I just grabbed a <laughs> bra, and I purchased one. <laughs> and it was the best purchase you could have made. Honestly, nothing could go over me at that time at the beginning of my breastfeeding journey because I was so rotted in so much pain. But the Bravado designs, they're like butter. They feel great and they are so practical. The clips are easy to use and it's a dream to wear. But now that I'm nearing the end of my breastfeeding journey for real with Betty, mm. it's great because they have an everyday collection. So these are bras with no clips and they're not for nursing mothers. They are for anybody with boobs to wear for every day. They look great under a shirt and it's still the same comfort that you fell in love with with their nursing collection. 
So you can get the nursing bras at bravadodesigns.com or you can head to the Canadian website for access to the everyday collection at ca.bravadodesigns.com. But regardless of which website you go to, if you use the promo code thisfamilytree20, you're getting 20% off your purchase. Again, that's bravadodesigns.com and thisfamilytree20. And now let's get to the conversation with Renee. Renee, I am so happy to have you on This Family Tree Podcast again. And more than that, I'm just happy to be chatting again. I know. I know. It's so nice. I'm like, mom, I'm recording with my friend. You and Milo have to leave the house. (laughs) I like that you sent them away. House, by the way, is gorgeous. Like the roof set up behind you, that steep old ceiling is amazing. I know. They just built this and my mom is so good at interior decorating. So it's just like so comfortable and put together unlike my house. Oh, I'm shit at interior decorating. Yeah. I have no aesthetic in in anything. In anything. And you know what? I That's try. fine. I'm coming I'm coming to terms with it. I need yeah. help though. I need somebody like your mom to come and take a look at my house. Same, same. I know. They were just at our house for four days and like we're not handy people either. So when they come to the house, my mom is like organizing, decorating, and then my dad's doing all like the handyman stuff, like hanging up curtain rods and he put in a new powder room vanity for us. I'm like, it's just like a very productive visit when they come and my house just, it like totally turns around. (laughs) That's Shane and I are not productive at all. And we can't do anything like that at all. Like, I'm not even going to show you, but my house is a disaster. This day, Renee, is a disaster. I've been up since 3.30 in the morning. No. Just, I got a little bit of a nap in, like from 6.30 to 8.30, but been up since 3.30. And like everything that can go wrong is just going wrong. It's been hell. And like, I just feel like a very fragile uh, little person right now. I saw your story where you were like, if, if anyone's mean to me, I'm going to block you. And I was like, there you go. That's the spirit. Like, right. Yeah. As you should. Sometimes you got it. I know. Yeah. I know. And I realized that on these days, I do need to take more of a stand because it comes out like with my kids, with me losing patience. And then it comes out with Shane as me, I guess, just maybe being a little bit bitchy to him. You're, I call it being irritable. Yes, that's a much nicer word. Yeah, I always like I warn my husband. I'm like, just FYI, I'm very irritable. And he's like, okay. Now, who do you think? Because there's two specific things I kind of want to talk with you about today. And one, this conversation right now can filter into. And that is moms versus dads and how that relationship kind of shifts with the kids once kids come into the picture and all that and the second is female friendships which again I got I got to talk to you about because we're we're trying to have a friendship and uh, (laughs) you know so I want to get in both of those things but when it comes to irritability right because of kids stuff who do you find gets irritable because of kids stuff more you or your husband a hundred percent me And this is, and it's so funny because I've been thinking about this. Like, why am I more affected by certain things than my husband is? And somebody, I think it was in a DM on Instagram. Somebody was like, if you're the default parent, like you have more of the sensory overload. You've been like, I don't know, dealing with more stuff 
than maybe the other parent is. They are outside of the house, you know, doing their thing. So when the kids act up or like a stressful situation happens, I think they are less affected by it than we are. Also, I think like to have mom guilt, like we already have all this other emotional, like mental stressors that maybe my husband or most likely he does not have. Mm -hmm. So like it snowballs like over a few days over the week, like all of that snowballs. And so, yeah, we're, I think we're more affected by things than they are. I 100% agree. And I'm like, just looking at my notes for the talk today, like the guiding lines that I have, you know, it's the default parent is the one who does the lion's share of the parenting the one who knows the schedule, who knows what needs to happen before they go to daycare, before you go on a car ride, the one who's packing the car, packing the snacks, all of that, because it's not even just the parenting that you see with your spouse. It's a parenting that you're doing in your head. Yeah. And there's like, there's a lot of reasons, you know, you might be asking yourself, like, how did I end up the default parent? Like, this is kind of shit. I don't like this. I get irritable more often. I feel less happy. I feel like I maybe enjoy my time with the kids in some regards less because Mm -hmm. I'm always having to think about these things. I don't get to be the fun person all the time. And a lot of it, I think, comes down to also like necessity. I mean, which parent is the one that is staying at home with kids who's making more money? All of these things. And, And like I'm the default parent very clearly in a lot of ways, even though I would describe Shane and I as very equitable co parents. And I say equitable over equal because it's not equal. Yeah. Right? He doesn't know he doesn't know what Lucy has to do before she goes to daycare every day. He doesn't know how to get to her classroom. Things like that. But it's equitable because while I'm doing that, he's doing other things that are keeping the family afloat. Yeah. And I'm curious, would you describe your parenting relationship as like equitable, equal, not even close? Because your husband's a physician. Yeah. So one of the things that I realized very quickly that I would have to come to terms with and just, you know, like this is how it is, is that my husband's job literally comes before everything, Mm -hmm. which is like a hard pill to swallow because I think like for the most part, people are like, no, family comes first, like family first. Like that's what everybody, that's what people say. It's a romantic thought. Yeah, but Mm -hmm. literally my husband's job comes first. So I am always going to have to be the flexible one, Mm -hmm. which is also something that the default parent usually has to deal with. And it's like, I know if Milo is sick at school, I have to go get him. I know if Milo is home for a week, like let's say we, he gets COVID or something. I am home with Milo. Like there's no way in hell my husband would be taking work off or like in the middle of a surgery be like, oh, I'm going to go pick up my son. And a lot of times when (laughs) I Can you imagine? Sorry, my kid pooped his pants. Gotta go. I know. Like, oh, Milo forgot his indoor shoes. Like, gotta go bring them. (laughs) Like, no, that's all going to fall on me. And I understand why that is. And it's not that I necessarily want it to change or think that it should change, but it's still a reality mm-hmm. that kind of sucks. Yeah. And so that's one of the things that I had to realize and is 
something that will probably never change is I'm the flexible one. In the back of my mind, if I have something planned that's important, like let's say you and I are going to meet downtown and we're going to do like a podcast recording. In the back of my mind, I'm like, okay, I'm worried and I'm anxious because if Milo, you know, if we get a call from daycare, I'm the one that's going to have to just throw out all my plans and go and pick up Milo, you know? So yeah, but I will say like when my husband is physically home, it's definitely equal in the sense that like he can do bedtime and bath time. He can do the morning routine. He can, I can go for a few days and he can take Milo to school. He can do all of that if his work schedule is set up to be able to do it. So I'm lucky in that sense. Like if there's something that I want to plan in the future, he will try and accommodate it with his work schedule so that he can take over. And it's also simple things. Like I remember last time I came to my parents' place to visit, I got here and my husband and I kind of both pack, like we're throwing stuff in the suitcase. Like he's trying to help me get ready to leave. And I remember getting here and being like, oh my God, I forgot the monitor part of the monitor. Like I had brought the camera and the cords, but I didn't bring like the actual screen part. And I'm going through the suitcase and my husband had put it in. And I'm like, that is so helpful to know that you are with somebody like parenting with someone that will pick up, you know, like I forgot that that one time, you know, I'm thinking about a million different things to try and leave for a few days with Milo. And like my husband like did that and I didn't even have to, you know, like I, I that would I'm, not happen here, Renee. I'm that able to forget here. things. Yeah. <laughs> that would not happen here. And it has happened where I've forgotten that and nobody's thinking about it. Nobody's picking it up. If I don't think about it, nobody's picking that up. But that's just one way in which we have kind of chosen to make our life compatible. And I realized too that it's like you can't look at somebody else's life. And I do this all the time online, right? And I'm sure everybody does. And it's like, oh, well, they do it this way. This seems better. This seems like a way that will make me feel less resentful or whatever. And it's like, yeah, but it might not work for your family. You have to choose the ways in which you're kind of going to work together and which you're not whatever and make it work for yourself. And it's not going to look like anybody else does Mm -hmm. it. But like you saying that, I'm like salivating at the thought of somebody remembering (laughs) the damn monitor. That's nice. (laughs) Right. But at the same time, it's like, no, because then he remembers the recording equipment that I'm not even putting in my head or thinking of when we go away for a few days. And it's like it's again, equitable, not equal. It's equitable. But I still have things that annoy me and make me resentful. And I'm always curious, like, what is your biggest pet peeve as a default parent? And how do you make it work so that you aren't feeling resentful, that you are like staying happy, keeping your relationship happy, all that? For me, like I have my own thing going on. Like I Mm -hmm. think it's important for people to have like friendships and like a life outside of their family life. And it was hard because for the 12 months of maternity leave, and I hate complaining about maternity leave because I know a lot of people don't get it. It's a weird thing to talk about because I don't want people to be like, okay, I wish I had 12 months maternity leave. But 
for that 12 months, I was like just dying to like, okay, like now what? Like I want to, Mm -hmm. I was so used to being so focused on school stuff and being independent and going to yoga and having my own life. And then for that 12 months, it was like literally just home with Milo and that was my focus. But once he went back to school, quarantine happened. That was a whole other like shit show (laughs) in and of itself. It kind of like brought me back to that feeling, but times 10, because now you couldn't leave the house. You didn't have any support. Like it was 10 times worse. Zero escape, no matter what. Yes. And so that kind of, and that's where a lot of my content and things that I talk about come from is that experience in quarantine, because I know that for many stay-at-home parents, that is the reality. Like if Mm -hmm. you don't have a supportive partner, you don't have family nearby, like it's very similar. So, but yeah, I, I am really like set on having interests outside of the house, like doing the podcast, getting out, like seeing people, trying to make friends, like make it a point to go out to dinners and go to events. And that's important because I don't feel like I'm just at home not doing things that and it again it sounds so like people are listening and they're gonna be like okay like staying home with your kid doesn't interest you and it's like no it fucking doesn't like to I'm a, sorry no, to a point there's you know what there's limits to everything it's like you love your kids you love them so much they give you so much life but it's also like hey I want to go out and do more this isn't enough for me I don't feel fulfilled completely in every facet of my person like we are multi-dimensional human beings right Mm -hmm. we have so many things that fill our cup but if you're only pouring from one source all the time it's like I can only take so much orange juice I know you need to diversify we need that as human beings I think that's what makes us so beautiful and so fun and so interesting right yeah and I think like what fulfills some people is not going to fulfill other people because I always feel like when I talk about these things too, there's people that are like, well, I stay home with my kids and I'm happy. Like, what is she talking about? And it's like, well, then I'm not talking about you. Like I'm talking about my specific situation. So that's, it's hard for us because pre is on call so much. What I've started to find now is that I'm scheduling things. And so ahead of time, if I'm like, oh, I have this on this day. Like, for example, I'm going to see you on Friday. Mm -hmm. So that's like an hour away from our house. So he's made sure that he's not on call that day so that he can pick up Milo. And so he like it's like when I'm when I have things planned, he makes sure that he's not on call. But then he's on call all the other days. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's hard for us to have days together where both of us don't have anything. So that's kind of been a struggle, which is unique to our situation because he is on call a lot. It's hard to fit in everything like time as a couple, time for me to do my own thing, time for my husband to go do his own thing. I'm always like, get a hobby. But he's like, when am I supposed to do that? No, it's near. It's honestly near impossible. And it's like even our situation right now. So Shane's in the middle of filming a TV show. Yeah. And he's on sabbatical from work, but he's still doing work for his work that he's on sabbatical from. So it's a very confusing, intricate situation. And then I've got the two kids. I'm on summer, but then I'm trying to make time for social media. And I've never been able to like give it my all because I don't have time during the day. There's never a day where I'm not at home with a kid 
or my other job, right? So it's like yeah. it's really difficult because I love this podcast. I love I love doing everything, but it's hard to a lot time. And then when we have time, we tend to put it towards Shane's projects because yeah. I know they're they're bigger, right? Like that's a choice that I'm happy to make. And even if, you know, thoughts of resentment come through sometimes where it's like, well, you have the opportunity to do work on your passion projects and I have less, but I'm making that choice. If I wanted to, I could. You know what yeah. I mean? But it's tricky because he's – his first meeting of the day every day, 9 a.m. And then the last, like, official one, probably around 5, but then still taking calls until about 11 p.m. So 9 to 11 every single day. It is so – exhausting i'm tired he's tired the kids are having a ball they don't know what the hell's going on they just get to do all these like exciting things and like see the other kids whose parents are working with us you know what i mean it's like they're kind of having a good time but it takes a lot to kind of remind ourselves and remind each other like hey this is the life we are actually choosing because we're fulfilling our dreams we're making money and it's allowing us to live the way we want to live we're choosing this so let's not let it interfere with how we treat each other, how we, you know, the patience that we have or don't have. But that's tricky because especially right now with all this going on, I'm finding that I need to remind myself of this and remind Shane of this so much more often and be like, hey, is this worth an argument? Is this worth me getting all you say irritable over? Is it worth you getting irritable over? Like, no, let's chill. And sometimes it's hard to kind of recenter. Do you guys have those moments or are you pretty, like, pretty? Because um, your husband seems, I don't know him that well, Renee, but, like, he seems so relaxed. He's very chill, like, very reserved. Like, he's hilarious. But he also, I think, would never, like, start, not, like, start a confrontation. But, like, I, I always, like, say to him, tell me, like, what do I do that bugs you? Like, tell me. <laughs> because... I don't think he says like I, I just think he lets Get things go here. and he like he just wait bolt. are you just that perfect is that an option I think I think that's what I'm trying to say <laughs> <laughs> but yeah because I'm the one that always I I like to think things through before I like go to him with something that I'm annoyed about because sometimes and I don't know if you can relate to this I am irritable and I don't even know why so like I have to actually sit and think about it um before I go to him but yeah he he like will have conversations but he's very um like I don't know the word for it just he doesn't yeah just um fluid flexible I don't like those kinds of things right just very like yeah. And if I like, if there's something that's bothering me, like we'll talk about it. Like we should probably go to therapy, like so that he can let his things out, you know? Because I feel like it's just me that will, like, you know, we should start doing this or we should. He's very like content with just how things go and our daily routine and coming home and watching basketball and, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Whereas yeah. I'm, I'm constantly like, let's go, let's go. <laughs> like, what's going on? How do I feel today? Like, yeah. No, you know, I, th I think that's tricky in itself, though, when you're not necessarily on the same page as somebody, but then they aren't doing anything necessarily wrong and they're easy because then there's guilt in saying, 
like, hey, I need more of this or I'm not fulfilled in this way or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Because if if they are so easy, it's it's tricky. Yeah. And that's so the guilt thing, yes. like that's why I'm like, tell me what I'm doing wrong. Like, tell <laughs> me what I do that bugs you because I don't want to be the only one that has yeah. like a problem. Yeah. Have you tried getting him to like write it down? Because I can't say things, Renee. Like, it's really hard for me to say things and, like, say what's bugging me. So I do, like, those little things. Like, I'll roll my eyes or I'll be, like, and I'll walk away or I'll just hang around without saying anything. But I'll, like, slump behind him and I'll be, like, really mopey, like, exaggeratingly mopey until he's, like, what's wrong? And I'm, like, nothing. And then he goes, no, Alex, like, what's wrong? And I'm, like, well, and then I'll get into it. But it takes prodding. So maybe yeah. try try to do that because I can write things down. Okay, I just can't say them. I'm gonna get. I'll bring him like a pad of paper and a nice pen, and I'll be like, "Here, like, <laughs> write write down all your feelings." He's gonna think it's a trick. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Okay, so talking about okay, you were talking about how Shane is doing all these projects and it's super exciting. This is really random. But when I was at the Hanson concert on jealous, Wednesday, by the way. I so know, jealous. looks like, amazing. It was incredible. I was thinking about it and like Taylor has mm-hmm. seven kids. Oh my God. I don't God. know if you knew that. I don't. I did. Seven kids. Is he Mormon? What's Why? I don't know. Not that like anything that I read about, like I don't, I don't see anything like that because my sister was like, oh, they must be really religious. Like I'm looking this up as we speak. Yeah. So no, I didn't find any of that information but he they got married really young like he was married before he was 20 no yeah so they got married so they could have sex that's that's why they do that they're evangelical christian (gasps) okay so it says they won't get too deep into religion if asked but they are from an evangelical christian background that which is it's like okay like Catholics like the extreme kind of yeah so the way I always think of it, like I was raised born raised Catholic you know our own slew of problems but it's like Catholics are like more the party people so they're like ah drink wine with everything you know sin do whatever but you're gonna be forgiven but then like the evangelicals I think and the evangelical listeners I mean correct me don't get mad at me but feel free to uh give me a brief in the dms but I find it's more like they learn really young. They put an emphasis really young on like the purity stuff. Like, isn't that what like the Jonas Brothers with their with their oh, purity rings? I'm going to look into this because this is very interesting. It but is. I, I know. He, so he has seven kids. Like some of his kids are like teenagers because he got married. Think about it. He's like almost 40 now. And he got married before he was 20 to a fan. No. Both like both him and Zach married fans that they met at some like event somewhere. Okay, Zach had has I known five that, kids. Had I known that as a teenager myself, I would have had every made event. more of an effort to go to every event. I would have been at every event. But here's the kicker. Here's what I was thinking about at the concert. His wife has seven kids with Taylor Hansen. Now they have continued to be a band and like write music and go on tours and like do all this stuff since they were married. So I was like, 
I don't know that I could be that person that is so supportive and like you have seven kids at home with this person who's out living his best life doing all the things that he wants to do and like this music career touring around the world and like you're you got seven kids and like what are you doing like and maybe that's so, her passion I know I, I that would have been okay. honestly if if I if you would have asked me when I was like 13 you want to have seven kids with Taylor Hansen and just like be his <laughs> wife I would have been like yes let's do it same oh 100% but now that honestly seems like a nightmare honestly any more kids than I already have seems like a nightmare for me um kudos to everybody who can do that but see I'd be able to do that and not work if I could be a part of it I would never be able to even if I had no kids be okay with my partner going out and doing things and traveling and having experiences if I'm at home never that's partly because I'm a jealous person, both when it comes to my relationship and with like fun. Like I get really competitive when it comes to like parties. Like if Shane goes to a fun party with his friends, I want to like call up every person I know and have a party that's like five times crazier. Like not only do I want to top it, but I want to like bury it in the sand. You know what I mean? Yeah. You have FOMO. Oh my God. Like crazy. So it's like, yeah, I'm down for that and I'm down for being the supportive wife. And I honestly would be totally happy with it as long as I could go as long as I'm a part of the circus yeah I don't want to be at home like watching it on social media or just waiting on a phone call I'd lose my mind I'd go crazy I'd be the world's most angry bitter unhappy person I couldn't do that it's like do they travel with them as kids or do they stay at home well some of them are teenagers like I'm sure they're going to college soon and stuff like that sounds exhausting. Like they have a, a baby, like a like a toddler, like a one and a half year old or something up to like a teenager. Oh, my God. So, I oh mean, yeah, I don't know. I just like that's what was going through my mind, because obviously that's my own issues. Right. That I'm projecting onto Natalie of Hansen course, is her name. I love that you got everything, Renee. You, you got it all. The yeah. wife's names. <laughs> I love this deep dive. No, okay, I wait. have like, this is what I've been doing at my parents' house up in the bush in Northern Ontario, just like researching Hanson, watching <laughs> old YouTube videos. <laughs> so wait, this, this it makes me want to ask you because like I know you in like scratching the surface way, right? Like we've hung out in person once. We've spoken together. I can't believe it's only been once. That's crazy. I know. It is weird. It's so weird. And number two is coming up this Friday. We're doing, we're recording a web series together with also Libby, the honest mom. Yeah. Uh, And then we're going to go out for a lunch. Yeah. But you and I have been trying to plan a thing. We've been trying to plan like a night away. And we were going to like share like the most romantic room at whatever it was. In it was. It's going to be so romantic. What is it called? Elora? Elora. The Elora Inn. The Elora. Elora Mill. Alora Mill. Mill. Yes. Yeah. And it looked gorgeous. And then I got COVID and ruined it. Uh, and we need to reschedule. Yes. But what is, okay, like when it comes to friends, because this is one way, you know, if we're talking about women being the default parent and being more in general, I think, not in every case, being more accommodating in a lot of ways. A lot of my friends and Shane's friends, if I look at the couple, the husband, especially if there's kids involved, very little changes in regards to a social life I find a lot of the time when kids come but with women it's a whirlwind and it changes Mm -hmm. so much and I see that very much in my group of friends and like female friendships I find are very tough anyways 
um, even if kids aren't in the picture. And I'm curious your take on female friendships. Like I see so much stuff online, like girls going out with like 20 other girls. And I'm like, I like trying to like count all my friends and I don't like my close friends. I can't go beyond one hand. But then even my extended group, I'm like, ooh, like who would I who could I actually share them with? Who could I feel comfortable with? And it's very few. And I'm like, am I a loser? Does yeah. this make me a loser? So I'm curious, what's your friend situation? Okay. I also feel like a loser. And I've been talking about this exact topic recently because I feel like I watch social media, like people's stories and posts and whatever. And never do I feel insecure about like my house or my parenting or how I dress or, you know, but I'm always like, I don't have any friends, you know, like I see these posts and watch people's stories and they're like, like, so like, oh my God, I love you so much. Like they're just like over the top with their friends that they met on the internet. And I'm like, I like, is there something wrong with me? Like, I I don't have that. Like, I don't even get teary eyed when I leave my parents' house. Like, <laughs> I, I, I don't understand. But it does make you feel like you're the only person that doesn't have this super like tight knit mm-hmm. group of best friends, like ride or die. Yeah. I feel the exact same way. And for me, like I had a really close group of friends going throughout grad school because when you're in school it's very easy to have a close group of friends because you have shared you're in a bubble you have shared experiences you're working on projects together you're doing all the things like we lived in apartments downtown like there's social events but then once we all kind of went our separate ways now we live in different areas we all have little kids I'm doing like stuff that they don't even understand. Like they're doing their stuff and it's like harder to maintain a friendship and have like the daily conversations that we used to have. Um, And because everyone is just so busy. Like once you have kids, you're so busy. But female friendships are, I was reading about this in a book, like most divorces are initiated by women. Like that's just facts. And it was going into the science of like what women get out of female friendships or female relationships. Like it could be with your sister, with your mom versus what females get out of a relationship with a man, like a romantic relationship. And like, we don't get that much out of a relationship with a man, like to be like, This is just the research people like Mm -hmm. and we get it's similar to like the um, I don't know what is it like endorphins or like the hormones that release like when you're breastfeeding when you have an orgasm like all that stuff women it's the same thing with female friendships like when you sit down and have a conversation or you go out for dinner like with a your close female friend it's that same kind of thing that happens in your body, but we don't get that from men. So it's important. Yeah. Well, men don't even get that from each other. I wonder if no, you read the same study. Men get it. Men get it from, from women. All right, Renee, we're going to take a quick break and let our listeners know who we're supported by. We are supported by the Miku Pro Smart Baby Monitor. This is the most accurate sleep and breathing monitor ever. Yes, it is, um, what, the terminator of... 
baby monitors? <laughs> That's a good way of putting it. This is in part because they use actual military grade technology to make sure your baby's sleeping safe. So there's no physical contact being made between this monitor and your baby, which is nice to hear because I know with some monitors, smart monitors, right? You need to put like a sock on your baby. There's a chest strap. Yeah, Terminator, what I mean by that is not that it's going to hurt your baby, it's that it's going to protect your baby against potential danger like hackers. So Terminator 2, really? And it's because of that sensor fusion technology. You didn't like my Terminator 2 joke because that's when he protects, that's when the Terminator protects. I've only seen Terminator 2, so (laughs) I guess in the first one he's bad, right? Okay. I I just think in general it's not the best analogy or whatever. but. But... This monitor uses sensor fusion technology. So it is some of the best technology that you can get on the market. And it works with your smartphone to alert you of changes to your baby's vitals and nursery conditions. Plus, as Shane said, there is no hacking. They use crypto security. Sorry, hackers. I was going to say nerds, but I'm like, that's mean to nerds. Like, well, because nerds, nerds would have had to make the crypto security to keep the hackers away. So it's just like with Terminators, there's good and bad nerds. Yeah. Sorry, you. <laughs> the monitor also offers HD video and photo and amazing night vision. There's also custom dual Ole Wolf speakers and a two-way microphone, which means that Miku not only has like a whole slew of original sleep sounds and lullabies, but it allows you to talk to and comfort your baby just over the monitor. So you can get this at MikuCare.com. And if you use the promo code FAMILYTREE10, you're getting 10% off. This is available in the U.S. only, but it is a great offer. Again, that is MikuCare.com and FAMILYTREE10. But we are also supported by... Mini Miosh. Mini Miosh is a premium, organic, ethically made, and sustainable kids and babies clothing company founded and created in Toronto. They believe in quality over quantity, and they make the best basics that you can get your hands on. I'm talking about fashionable wardrobe staples for your kids that are soft, comfy, timeless, that can be passed from kid to kid regardless of gender. Plus, their organic cotton fabrics are knit and dyed locally using GOTS certified organic cotton and low impact, non-toxic dyes. And now, our prayers have been answered, Shane. Our what? Our prayers. Oh. They have a women's collection. So this is the M and West. was your prayer, not mine. <laughs> I thought you were praying on behalf of me. No, I prayed for men's, but it never came. Oh, maybe you keep praying. But this is the M and West collection. So this is a simple, again, organic, sustainable, and ethical line, all made of French terry. It is beautiful to wear. It is so chic. And the color scheme, it's just like really nice neutrals, look great. I live in my sweatsuit, like actually. It is phenomenal. Not wearing it now, though. Well, no, Caught you in a lie. We're uh, always going to be honest with you here on this film. It got dirty earlier today, Shane. Betty oh. put some gross fingerprints on it. But Mini Miosh and Emin West through them is on a mission to leave the planet better off for our little ones than when they arrived on it. And they believe that every little bit counts. So you can find the company online at minimiosh.com or at minimiosh on Instagram and Facebook. And if you use the promo code thisfamilytree15, you're getting 15% off your order. This is available in Canada and in the US and it's only one use per customer. So load up that cart. You will not regret it. Again, that is minimiosh.com and thisfamilytree15. And now let's get back to the interview. Yes. So I, I, re- I was reading something like in the last two weeks, which was detailing men's friendship versus female friendships. And it was saying the exact same thing that women get more out of a platonic friendship with another woman on a deeper and more fulfilling level than men than a male friendship does. 
So it's like it, the it's that bonding hormone, whatever that is, like oxytocin, whatever. Yeah. That becomes so much more prevalent. And again, facts, like a scientific thing. <laughs> yeah, I didn't yeah. make this up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So female friendships are super important. But then at the same time, after you have children or like you're out of school, I find it difficult to make it a priority you know, like women in general find it difficult to make themselves a priority, to make their romantic relationship a priority. And like female friendship is another thing that is difficult for us to to foster, to maintain, to, mm-hmm. yeah. No, it's, it's so hard. And like I even look at my own experiences, right? So the majority of my friends are from junior kindergarten. Like if I look at like my, you know, under 10, like my five best friends from junior kindergarten. So we grew up together. And then from high school, from grade nine, anybody after that, it's kind of been, they've been coming and going in my life. Like in university, I didn't make the tightest friends. Like I lived with people and everything, but we didn't really have that much in common. And like, I don't talk to them at all now. We're not in any chat groups. I never like message them on Insta and I'm like, oh, cute dog or whatever the (laughs) hell it is. And like, even with my close girlfriends it's like I don't even know if I might be on the outs with one of them like I don't even know I don't even know where that friendship stands do we even have anything like one in particular I don't even know if we have anything in common anymore everything there's always a weird tension there even though we are in the same chat group and talk it's like it's weird because I feel that in some ways you just diverge and then the girls that I really feel so much love for and feel so connected to and like we still have a lot in common there's just no time. Mm-hmm. They're doing their family thing. I'm doing my family thing. They're trying to get their hobbies in. I'm trying to get my hobbies in. It is so hard. Like, so hard. And this is part of the reason, like, I am so excited to go out with you, Renee. Yeah. Because I'm lacking it. And I feel that where we're at right now, and even without this, I, I feel that, like, the last time we hung out and when we do chat, it flows. It's easy. There's something that doesn't require a lot of, like, prepping for. You know what I mean? But it's like, it's just hard. And I am craving it. I'm craving something else. The um, one thing that I will point out that I noticed when I I went to LA with my sister-in-law, who happens to be like my good friend. She doesn't have kids, um, but she's a professional photographer. She does social media stuff. Like, so we have that in common. And it's, we went to LA for four days and on the trip, she was like, it's crazy. Like you never talk about, like I would tell the odd story here and there about something cute that Milo did, but she's like, you never talk about like family stuff like Milo. She's like, all my other friends that have kids, that's literally all they talk about. And I was like, that's really interesting because I'm not interested in talking about kid stuff that's that's not my interest you know and so I find with friends that I had in grad school they all have little kids and so if we were to get together like the commonality there is that we have young kids I can't talk to them about podcasting or like what microphone I'm using or you know what I mean like they just they don't get it and they're not in that world Mm -hmm. so it wouldn't be Like, how do you have a conversation with someone on a topic that they know nothing about? Like, they would listen to me and we would still have a great time. But for the most part, we would probably be talking about kids, which is Mm -hmm. like for me, like that's boring and I don't like I'm bored. So 
when I go hang out with someone like you or like mm. with my sister-in-law, with people that I met doing what I'm doing now, it's more exciting. And it's like, oh, like I can talk about the things that I'm passionate about and we have that in common. So that I think happens to a lot of people. Like you get older, everybody has kids. And now that's the one thing that kind of connects you is that everyone has kids, but that's boring to talk about. And it's such like, it's a great connector because it's easy to strike up conversation with anybody, but it's not necessarily the best connector if you want to like actually bond with somebody on a meaningful level. Yeah. Like I love it. Like there was a thing I had to help Shane out with a shoot last week and there was a bunch of child actors and my job was like kind of making the kids feel comfortable, making their parents feel comfortable. And I was feeling a little bit stressed out because I didn't know I was going to do that job until like I was in it. And then I just got all the moms telling me their birth stories because I was like, all right, let's hear them. And it was a great connector for the time being. But like if I'm going out with you, Milo's a cute kid. He's super adorable. Do I want to hear for five hours? Sure, if you want to talk about it. (laughs) But I'm sure there are other things. And just like I'm not going to sit there. Like maybe if I have a – I like – being able to ask people questions if I'm like, ooh, like, what do you think his rash is? Or like, is poop supposed to be that color? Yes. That kind of thing. But like, I also don't want to sit there and be like, oh my God, Lucy did the cutest little dance. You guys yes. won't believe it. Here's a video. Get, I want to get away from that. Part of the reason that I feel like I need to foster some of my friendships more, like actually make friendships more, is to Get away from that again, like fill myself from a different cup, not the family cup, because that's happening so much, so much, so much. And a a lot of our a lot of our social media content revolves around that as well. You know, I think it's nice to be able to talk to people like about the behind the scenes stuff that other people wouldn't necessarily get. But like. I was watching your stories today about like the weaning of the breastfeeding. Would love to have a conversation about that, even though I didn't go through that experience. Like there are certain things that are very like interesting and worthwhile and like related to quality of life and like mental health. And that is super interesting to me. But like you said, I like don't want to hear about Lucy's dance that she did. (laughs) No, no, no. It it sucked anyway. (laughs) Yeah. But okay, Renee, on this topic, so we're going out. We're doing the web series on Friday. We're yes. going out for lunch. Yeah, I want to play in this. Where do you want to go? What do you like to eat? Because in oh this, gosh. anybody else who lives locally is going to come to Hamilton. They can learn from this conversation. What do you like to eat? What do I like to eat? I like Mexican food. Like I'm pretty easy when it comes to like food. It's the same stuff. thing Libby said. She's she's like I'm easy. I'll go anywhere. I need to know, guys. Like I need. But like I, I need don't to know what to, my options are there. Anything you can do anything in Hamilton. You didn't know it's a place of, where dreams come true. I like margaritas. I love a margarita. We can go yeah. to the Mule. Okay, it's a good spot. What is I that? love a margarita. It's a Mexican place. Okay. It's good because it's like modern tacos, but they don't try to get too fancy because I find when you go to a lot of like modern-y taco places, mm-hmm. your tacos are like yeah. five inches high. You can't fit it in your mouth. You've eaten flowers and it's it's like <laughs> not good. It, the food quality degrades as they get prettier. It's the perfect balance. It's okay. nice, but there's a lot of nice spots. A lot yeah. of nice spots. No, that'll be fun. 
And then for our night, our big night, where we're going to like, we talked about like recording. We yeah. talked about drinking, relaxing. Yes. When's this going down? So we can we can try. We should call the Alora Mill. The thing is, like, it's 2022, people. Like, their website is not user-friendly. Oh, my God. That was such a disaster. Yeah. So... I don't know if we have to call them, but first we need to pick a day and then we'll find a place and and just do it. If we have to go downtown and like go to a restaurant downtown and be fancy, like that's okay too. That's I, I want an excuse to dress up. I want to look cute. I saw one woman I know online and like it, we should, we'd be terrible friends. Like we don't have much in common at all and our personalities would definitely clash <laughs> but I love following her just because it's like super fun um and she was like hey I'm just putting it out there I don't have any friends and does somebody want to go to Montreal with me just so we could wear nice outfits and take pictures and go to museums and have drinks and I was like mad respect for that like yeah I love that and then I was like talking to Shane yesterday I'm like Shane like I'm dying to go to Paris like Paris France because there's this dessert that I'm craving. I had it both times I've been there. What is it? It's called a Mont Blanc. Okay. So it's like, I, I don't even want to describe it because it doesn't sound nice when described. It's phenomenal. They have amazing hot chocolate at this one dessert place. It's right across from the Louvre. It's insane. And he's like, yeah, I've never really been interested in going to Paris, you know? And I'm like, the museums, the cocktails, the food, like you'd have a great time. I'm like, I need to pull what this girl did, except instead of Montreal, like okay go so European. are we going to Paris are you asking me to go to Paris with you I don't know it, it can turn into that 100 <laughs> percent. like three nights they yeah. did that what what the heck movie is it where she goes um with Greta Gerwig and it's like this girl in her 20s and she's having like an early life crisis and like she doesn't know what to do and then she just like books herself a trip to Paris for a weekend and like just like blows all her money just yeah. spending like a 24-hour trip in Paris. I'm like, I can do that. But like I, I could do it for like a few days, like three or four days. No, that would be lovely. I went to Paris with my mom before and we went mm. to the – did you go see the Moulin Rouge? I didn't so go fun. inside though. When I went oh. over in that direction, I was 16. And then when I went back as an adult – I just ended up like going on dates with some men there. So I, I, that I is never. hilarious. By your, what, did you go by yourself? Mm -hmm. Well, I was traveling Europe by myself. And then I ended up going on a date. Uh, I went out with this guy a couple times. Uh, he was actually the CFO of Playboy. And it was like a, a crazy time. But he like didn't drink. Like, not that like I don't care if you don't drink, but like he was like kind of like weird religiousy too. But he was also CFO Playboy. Anyway, it made for an interesting Paris trip, like kind of weird. What? A but fun so I gotta story. go back. Oh yeah, I got lots. I got lots, oh. which I'll tell you when we're either in downtown Toronto or in Paris. Or in Paris. <laughs> <laughs> you know, after this conversation, I'm gonna be like Expedia Paris. <laughs> oh no, I've been looking. It's cheap in October. Yeah, I bet. Like, mm -hmm. and it's not even that. How? What is it? A six-hour flight? It's eight. I think eight. No, no, no. One way, it's like one way. It's short. The way home is like longer or something. I think, but it's doable. If you don't have kids, anything is doable. Like, I don't want to take a four-hour flight with my kids, but I'll take a twelve-hour flight alone. You know, I will take a thirty-hour flight alone. Yes. Like, go to Australia. You just sit, <laughs> listen to podcasts. Like, yeah. Yes. Sleep. Totally. Sleep. Oh my yeah. God. Would love to do that. I almost fell asleep Movies. getting my hair done the other way. 
Yes, that you want to watch. Mm-hmm. See, now this is like getting into like a dream fantasy. But Renee, I'm going to call it here. Where can people go? And I'm sure everybody that listens to this podcast, they know you. You've been on before. You're a great online person to follow. Aww, but where can thanks. people go to find you if for some reason they don't already? Okay, so on Instagram and TikTok, it's at Renee Rena with the little underscore because somebody had just like plain old Renee Rena. Yeah. And like, what do you do when someone has the name that you want? I was like, should I like DM this person and be like, I'll pay you this amount of money to just give me that name? People do that. Like, she was just Mm -hmm. like, she looked like a teenager. Anywho, um, so it's Renee Rena with the underscore. (laughs) And then the podcast account is at the Mom Room Podcast. And the podcast is the Mom Room Podcast, and it's everywhere, I suppose. Hold on. Do you do Twitter? Do you tweet? I have a Twitter account. I I don't even know what the the name is on it anymore. I don't know if I changed it to the Mom Room Podcast or if it's Renee Rena. I don't know. But um, I have an account, but I don't use it. Do you? I hate Twitter. I deleted my account or like deactivated it, so I still have the name. But we had a controversial guest on like two years ago, and I got mauled on Twitter. So I'm like deactivating right now, never Were going you back using on. It? No, I was like post like, hey, check out this podcast with this person. But it was like an automatic thing. Like I wouldn't yeah. even do it. I hate it. Scared of Twitter. It's an angry place. I don't understand it. And I'm not active enough to like take an interest in it. So I'm always amazed when people can like do Instagram, do TikTok and do Twitter. Because yeah, I no find way. it's tricky. I don't do Twitter. You know why? I, I don't really use platforms that I don't consume myself because it makes it then it's just like a job, you know, mm-hmm. like if no, I'm already on Instagram, I'm already on TikTok. It's like easier. This is why I don't have a Facebook account for myself either. Hate yeah, Facebook. It's like not I user have, friendly. I have the mom room community on there, which is like a group, but I don't use like my accounts at all. It's crazy. Yeah. And my family's no, always like, oh, did you see what happened with so-and-so? And I'm like, I don't go on Facebook. Like, no, I didn't see <laughs> what happened to my cousin. Like, <laughs> No, it's it's too much. And Facebook also makes me hate people. So I try to stay away from it because yeah. people are too um, willing to share their own opinions, which I always take issue with. Uh-huh. But Renee... It has been a pleasure. Thank you so much for joining me again. And I look very forward to that margarita on Friday. Yes. I will see you there. Absolutely. Thanks, buddy. Have a good week. Bye. (laughs) So when is the next hang with Renee? Friday. This Friday. Oh, but it's a work thing. No, but then we're doing a thing after the work thing. Old two birds. I like it. Right? Speaking of birds, this is where the... I actually don't have a good transition. (laughs) You've Googled answers to questions that people have asked. Now we're going to talk about it. This is the mailbag segment. Okay. So the first question, if you have been a longtime listener, guys, by the way, and you haven't written in, write in. We want to hear from you. But first question this week, where did you get the beautiful wallpaper that you used in the girls' nurseries? Wallpaperdirect.com. Like the easiest look up on Google. We've got some really cool, uh, what do you call them? Flamingos in there. But the room in general looks like crap. Like I hate the upstairs coloring of our house. It's so dreary. It's just all gray. Like how do you do? Are you okay with that? I do not care about it at all. Ugh! It makes me, it makes me miserable. Our wall color is the traveling of my life. I don't get it. (laughs) It's not something I'm passionate about. If it's really nice, it, 
I guess it's a little bit better, but as far as putting up that wall, wallpaper that you order, I find that is easier said than done too. So we hired somebody to do it from one of those TaskRabbit websites. And she brought her kids. She brought her kids who were Nothing like, wrong with that. No, 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 no. But it was hilarious because they were just hanging out in the backyard and she'd take smoke breaks and I'd go and talk to her about kids and whatnot. It was, and she did a great job with the wallpaper. Yeah, no, that was a fun day. Uh, next question. What would you say are some must-have baby items? We're first-time parents and making a registry. So I think, like, don't overdo it. For me, it would be like a baby carrier. And a lot of people are like, oh, well, I got a baby carrier. My kid didn't like it. The thing is, what I have found from my friends and from talking to women online is that they typically get a baby carrier in their registry. And because they didn't pay for it with their own money, and they're pretty expensive, they tend to not like this sounds bad, but like force their baby to like it. So it's like they may take their baby in it, you know, a few times, the baby cries a bunch and they go, okay, they don't like it. That's enough. You find a way that your baby can get in there snugly. You really work on them liking it. And for me, I just remember with Lucy who became like obsessed with it and lived in her carrier. She hated it for the first week, but I just kept going on walks and I got like this motion, like really bouncy motion. And I'd always pat her butt and it really got her into the rhythm and then for both kids, it was just like the easiest way to calm them down and to be able to do things and have my hands on me when I was, you know, watching them or when they were sleeping. I'd say a baby carrier. I'd say a great play yard. And those are the only two things I can think of. What would you say? Uh, a dock tot Oh, that was so handy. And what not to get probably the who really cares about the warmed up wipes thing. That like I don't think that makes your baby stop yelling or anything. It's annoying. You never refill it. It just becomes this empty thing that you're plugging in and it's using up an outlet. Well, even the diaper genie in the end, we didn't even oh, use. Oh, the diaper genie, it <laughs> feels like it's needed when you're using it, but it does nothing. You don't need it. Second kid, if you're using a diaper genie, I'd love to hear from you because I don't <laughs> think anyone uses a diaper genie after the first what, a couple months of having a newborn with yeah. their first kid? That's, uh, what else? Oh, that thing that rocks the baby that our kids have never taken oh. to that really. Maybe for the first week it's worth it, but that's it. Yeah, and you know what, did, Shane, did you know the Dockatot is illegal in Canada? Well, lock me up and throw away the key because <laughs> you have to order it from Australia or something. This, the U.S., you can get them from the States. So, like the Dockatot is the brand and you can get like baby sleepers in Canada, but People, they're illegal, I guess, because they're like little nap stations. And people, I guess, in the past have left their kids to sleep in them, which could cause suffocation or the kid rolling out. Don't do that. Don't be an idiot with it. Like we would keep it on the table or on the ground to have the kid in it when we were sitting a foot away. You know what I mean? And it was perfect. Like you and I would be watching TV, kids in the docketot on the couch with us. And it was just the perfect little spot to keep them together and napping close to you. So it was really perfect. Uh, next question. I know your parents listen to this, so maybe TMI, but is Shane up for intercourse on your period? I'm curious because my partner is a big no on that, and I wished that he didn't mind. So I don't think the parents listen anymore, so I think we can speak freely. <laughs> like, your dad definitely doesn't listen anymore, so that's cool. But I, I think that whether we do, it's irrelevant. Why is it irrelevant? Well, because why does it matter? What do you mean? Well, I'm going to give them strategies for maybe bringing it up to their partner if it's important to them. <laughs> but, 
you know, like, first of all, does your partner, like you said, it's a big N-O, like a big no. Does your partner have like a blood phobia? Is that a thing? Because if it is, then, you know, that's, take that into consideration. Well, you know, blood phobia, I just think maybe some people are incapable of being turned on if they get blood on them. But you might not even really get blood on you. You might not, but you might. It's like spit. Some people like being spit on. Some people don't. Some yeah, what? Why? Why is that so <laughs> funny? Can we not talk openly here without the giggle <laughs> queen here? Like, oh, talk openly. I'm sorry. So, it's just a, a, whether it turns you on, and it can in, like. There's honestly people out there. I think it can enhance and actually be a, a good thing. Well, it's a it's a natural lubricant. Yeah. Um, for me, I'm. Like, I'm not saying I'd prefer it, but I'm not ag- against it. And if if that's something you wanted to do, I would say all for it. But it's never seemed like that's something you, on, on nights when that's going on, how long does it last? One or two nights? Yeah, well, a few. And that's, that's a part of it, too. Like, if you skip the first night, if your partner is unsure about it, just skip your heavy days, which is, like, for mm. sure, day one, maybe day two, maybe day three, I don't know, whatever. And then... Is there you- an obligation, though, to tell your partner? I, I honestly don't know. Or is that weird to even make a thing like, oh, you have to tell your partner if you're having a light day? I think if you're having a light day, it doesn't really matter. Mm. Because Unless he has a blood phobia, right? Well, I don't even know if they'd be able to tell if it was a light day. Well, if they have a blood phobia, I hope <laughs> if, if the lights are on. Maybe. I don't know. But there, there's options, right? Like go in the shower. Do it there. That's easier said than... That's one of those things people say, oh, I want to have a shower with me. There's a... Kim Kardashian <laughs> and Pete Davidson acts like he's so the scene is in a trailer for the Kardashians Kim's like hey Pete want to come into the shower with me and Pete's acting like he's never seen a naked woman before <laughs> even though he's had sex with like hundreds of the most beautiful women on earth and he's like <laughs> he tosses his he, phone he, he tosses his phone and runs to the shower like having sex in the shower is the most exciting thing with Kim Kardashian shower sex is not good it is overhyped and people romanticize it's it. It's like traveling. Yes. I, <laughs> I've i been in a shower and tried, and it's just, ugh. It's the worst. I would rather have the blood all over me. <laughs> well, here's the thing. Like, throw down a towel, whatever. And, and there's ways. You can ease your partner into it again by, you know, if it's something that you've never done or your partner thinks that they don't want to do, start off by saying why you why you do. Because it's obvious if you know clearly. Because, oh, why you do? I say. I say. If if you are upset with the fact that they won't have sex with you on your period, then it obviously is important to you. So describe that. And I think for a lot of women, the reason might be is because when you are menstruating, it's where you're, you, you're most uh, aroused. Yes. So it, it describe that to your partner. You know, say, "Hey, this is when I'm really feeling attracted to you, and when I really want to like just kind of get all over you." And then ease them into it. Maybe wait the first couple days, do it on a lighter day, do it in the shower or the tub, whatever. And then on your bed, throw down a towel or just wash the sheets right after. But like, there are ways to do it, and there are ways to I think talk to your partner about it. But saying why it's something that you might want to do. I think it's very important. I have to tell you why I want to do this. Because I'm so horny. Oh, I'm glad you told me. No, but also, honestly, a lot of guys don't understand how a cycle works, right? So they might be thinking, oh, you're just bleeding 
profusely for seven days, which obviously is not the case the majority of the time. So explain how your cycle works to your partner, right? It's good foreplay. Hey, it's a good strategy. <laughs> I like it. I, I don't know how I'd react to it, but it's worth a shot. Well, let's try it. So Shane, um, I just want, I want to talk to you about something. What is it? Well, I was bleeding profusely yesterday. Because you don't get periods. You get exclamation points. Oh, as you have made clear. Mm. But I'm bleeding less profusely today. Oh, really? And I'm feeling really attracted to you. Um, okay, so we could throw down a towel and then throw down, if you know what I mean. Oh, I know what you mean. Are or, you up for it? I'm always up for it yes so, i'm glad you asked rehearsal situation i mean obviously went well but yeah. i've been watching too much of the rehearsal yes and i don't think the listeners mm -hmm. are necessarily gonna know what that show is but look there's a sample conversation we modeled it for you okay this is potentially a weird question feel free to cut it but what's the ruling on Sorry, Shane's face what? before he asked this question is already. <laughs> well, I'm wondering, we're talking openly. I don't want things to be too taboo, but on oral. Mm, I think. On your period. Like, what are your thoughts on that? Is that I think a it's thing? Yeah, I think it's dependent on the person. Okay. I because, think, yeah, for I think, me. I think, yeah, I think it's dependent on the partner. And again, yeah. which day in your for, cycle you're for, at. For me, like <laughs> that would be a, a detrimental thing. Not for me. <laughs> like if I was a woman, right? That I'm saying if I was the woman with the period, I don't know if I'd be comfortable with that happening to me. And then I might be more apt to not want to do it on those nights if I was a, a woman who liked that sort of thing. Well, again, I think it has a lot to do with who your partner is. And if your partner... Mm is not bothered by it if your partner is into it if your partner is turned off by it yeah i i would think it's equally are you comfortable like even if the partner loved it are you comfortable i i, th I think the partner is the one that kind of sets the tone like if your partner mm. shows you that like they don't care that they're into it or that they're not bothered and it's just like not even an issue then it makes you feel so much more comfortable but then if you see that your partner is somewhat uncomfortable or not into it then it it makes you kind of put that wall back up and that goes for anything in a relationship right but i think keith moon i think it was he that was like his thing well keith moon i think he was also very into booze and drugs so i don't know <laughs> If, he would, if if it was just he was throwing caution to the wind because he was kind of a wild guy when he was under the influence or if that would be his thing normally had he not had a substance abuse problem. So I don't know, though. I don't know. I don't know. But I do know he did a, a lot of things that he might not have been doing otherwise. I do. I do know that um, for some men, it's not like it's a non-issue or it's like. A, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Me too. I, I just, I, I wonder if they're in the uh, minority or not. Well, I imagine anything like that, you're in the minority. You yeah. know what I mean? Well, anything it's a good conversation topic, clearly, because this has probably been one of the questions we've been on the most. And I think much like people's um, appetite for, <laughs> you know, doing these sort of things, I think there's an appetite for listening to these sort of conversations too. Some people are very interested. Some people might be like, ooh, skip it, skip it. And that's just, you know, the nature of people. 
the nature of people, the nature of podcasts. But the nature of the next question is this. Did you move the kids into the same room yet? How's it going? I got yes, a 2.5 year old, an eight month year old, and I need to do an eight month year old, an eight month old, and I need to do it. So how old are our kids? We got a four and a two. You We've, just do a burp in between? No, Shane. Don't point that out. Nobody knew. So we did it, what, officially three days ago, like where we're saying we're doing it every night. Yeah. And first two nights were good. First night, Betty fell asleep immediately. Lucy took a while to go to sleep, but like Betty just stayed asleep through it. Then the second night, it was opposite where Lucy fell asleep immediately. Betty stayed up for a while, but Lucy slept through. Tonight, they were both up for a little bit, but I think they're out now. You know, it's been so about it's an like hour. anything. It's it takes a bit of getting used to. Because mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of people they have a couple bad nights and then they just throw in the towel too early. Hey, I, I'm so impressed. With myself today mm-hmm. and tonight and my own willingness to put myself through this again because t- last night was hell. And it was hellish because like Lucy, you know, she might have a bad dream. Like it happens whereas once in a while I need to run up and like comfort her. And usually it's like a quick comfort and I'm gone and then she's back asleep. But last night she'd yell because of a bad dream. So I went up and then Betty wakes up. So then I get Lucy comforted and back asleep and then Betty's freaking out and then Betty keeps Lucy awake. So that's how it was us being awake from 3.30 a.m. until the rest of the day. And it was like so, it was so stressful. And then every time that I think that I'd win, like I'd have both kids quiet for a second, Betty would just start crying again or Lucy would start screaming again. And then they'd both be up doing the same thing. And it was I was losing my marbles there last night, Shane. I was losing my marbles. At one point, like I was crying. I had to step out and I just had to like take some deep breaths on my own before I went in and like tried to deal with it again. Because when you're like an hour and a half in, in the middle of the night where the only place you want to be is your own bed sleeping soundly, it is like, it drives you a little bit insane. It does. It causes, sleep deprivation causes temporary psychosis. Yeah. Oh, Yeah. Yeah, I felt like I was the mom of a newborn again, but it's worth it. It's going to be worth it. I'd say that was probably the worst it could have gotten. So even if it's like not great tonight, we're still moving forward. So go do it. It will be worth it. And the kids seem to like it. Like, I think they like having that extra person in the room. We just needed to do it because we didn't have enough bedrooms in our house to be able to access our bedroom. Mm-hmm. So basically, anytime I'm not working, like let's say it's, lunch break and I could go in my room and change my pants or get a shirt. I can't because Betty's napping in our room. And let's say right now I needed to go up and grab a house coat or anything in that room. I couldn't because Betty would normally be sleeping in that room. So if you have enough rooms, who cares? But if you don't, put them in the same room and give yourself a whole other room, Mm -hmm. which for us, we desperately needed because our bedroom was leaking into other areas of the house simply because when we needed things, we needed to be able to grab them. Mm -hmm. And we just started throwing things on chairs and everything. And it made our house slowly messier and messier, which is if if anyone knows Malcolm Gladwell, it's the broken window theory. So once you start leaving things around, you subconsciously start treating your house differently and you start throwing stuff anywhere just because you've started the precedent of throwing things everywhere. Before you know it, the house is overtaken. That's what happened. (laughs) <laughs> it is. That was a very good way of describing it too. 
Uh, the next question is something that's popped up a lot on this podcast today, both with Shane and I and then with me and Renee. How do you make friends as an adult? And I think personally, very simply, you just have to be very intentional about it because it's so easy for things not to happen or not to see people because you're so busy. Your friends are so busy. If you have kids, that just adds a whole other world of responsibility and just it's harder to leave the house, right? But and how, how do you do things with other adults and not have alcohol involved too? Because sometimes yeah. like I'm going to go out, but I'm going to have a few drinks and then tomorrow I'm not going to feel bad. And that alone can be the reason why you don't want to go out. What's a good activity to do with someone where you're not drinking? And I do feel like women are better at this because they're more coffee date brunch people, whereas men are more beer or a drink or two people. I got an idea. What is it? And bowling? Not a, bowling? No, bowling's beer related. Yeah. yeah what is it? Uh, going to see a movie. Like, it's, mm, it's a different kind of hang. W- that's a close friend activity. Yeah. I'm not going to, let's say the the laughing couple with uh, Brittany Ostafi mm. and uh, Ryan, Ryan Ostafi. If I just met him, I was like, want to see a movie? And we just <laughs> go and we watch Top Gun together. I'm going to feel weird. See, in, in and then every- we just go, all right, and we've said a, a cumulatively, well, that was a word I can't say, uh, <laughs> 30 words the entire night. Yeah, I think everything else I'm thinking of would be alcohol related in some degree. Like even if it was just like having them over for dinner or a barbecue, it's like you're going to have cocktails, you're going to have... Yeah, so you're paying a price. Yeah, well, especially if one parent is going, right? Like just say Shane is going out one night and then it's like, okay, I'll watch the kids. I'll put them in bed or whatever like i'll just like be the one at home kind of bored by myself you know what i mean Mm -hmm. but then it's not even just that night because when you're going out to party you're also that morning most likely robbing the next day's happiness yeah so it's tricky because then it's like again not only you but it's like your partner then that's probably picking up your slack the next day and there's nothing wrong with doing that but what Mm -hmm. we're talking about is having a sustained lengthy relationship making a new friend so merely by doing that thing where you have to go out and drink and paying that price you can't do that that often and you're going to not establish that hardcore friendship and sometimes you need to hang out a lot in the early going just to get that lifelong friend so hmm see i like how renee and i are doing it this week we're doing a daytime drink working with someone's a great way to make a friend. You see them every day at the office, you chat at the water cooler, and then boom, you could have a lifelong friend just through that. So work friends are great. Yeah, no, but I I like, like, if you're thinking, if you're like, hey, like, I kind of want to hang with this person, but how can we do it that's going to be the least detrimental in the easiest way? Do a lunch. And then that way, if you do have a drink or two, it's the middle of the day. You're not going to be hungover. It's perfect. You're not doing a lunch, though, with Renee. You're doing a work thing that you're obligated to go to. And she told me today she wants margaritas after. Okay, never mind then. (laughs) You're just, yeah, okay. Next question. Next question. Beyonce released a new song and had to change a word as it was offensive. What was the offended word? Offensive. Spaz, which she should have known because mm. Lizzo just went through the same thing. Lizzo had to change spaz out of her song because it's an ableist word. Mm-hmm. So really, who, like, how did Beyonce's team not catch that one before it they came out? They probably knew and they didn't care. I don't know. It's people use words like lame mm-hmm. all the time. And a lot of, I would say over... 85% of the population would have no qualms using the term lame. So do you think that Beyonce's team just thought that like Beyonce was more untouchable than Lizzo? I don't know. Like there's 
a lot of words that are used in language, like in songs, especially, especially uh, like even pop songs. Like my friend Max is swearing in his mm-hmm. choruses to his songs now. The N words used in songs. So there's lots of things that are used that a lot of people aren't happy with, and you just do it to kind of be a badass anyway. Ableism might not be the coolest slang terms to be throwing around but there's some nasty stuff out there right Mm -hmm. that could be offensive to a lot of people Mm -hmm. like remember you know WAP was offensive to a lot of people but a lot of people said that was sexist because male lyrics have been so you know chauvinist for so long that it was well, second a woman did it, it was off- offending church yeah. groups and whatnot. Well, like, look how women are treated in entire genres of music. Yeah, but that's not to say y- you can't use offensive words and get away with it. It was just Beyonce, I don't think, is known historically for mm-hmm. being a controversial artist. So I think people thought that they could capitalize on that and get her to change the lyric. Not that she well, shouldn't have. That's what they're trying to do, right? So it's it's that lyric. And then there was the Khalees. Like she sampled Khalees' milkshake, but apparently, I didn't hear it, but apparently it was like not even recognizable. Like it was just like a guitar track from that. And mm-hmm. then Khalees went on this huge rant and was like, Beyonce didn't even call me to use it. And it's like, you know, so she is upset about that being used without her permission, even though it was legal. Like I don't think Khalees owned it. And then now Monica Lewinsky is chiming in. That blows. <laughs> she she wants a lyric change. I think it's an older lyric too. Well, what is it I about? don't even Monica Lewinsky is named. The lyric is something like, and they Monica he Monica Lewinsky on my dress, but it's like, wouldn't it be Bill Clinton on your dress? Like that's that's already it's not a good lyric, first of all. Mm-hmm. But second it's just there's a now a string of people asking Beyonce to take words out of her song. So this question asker is saying there's been a lot of mixed feelings from the public about all these song changes. Do you think that Beyonce should change it? And that's tricky. Yeah, I don't I don't know anything. And I mean anything. There is things that like um, I'm working on a sketch show right now and there are jokes that are fine today mm-hmm. and that may not be fine tomorrow. And I'm I'm working with younger people, younger women on the show. And it's just I think about them in 20 years. I'm like, I wonder what things that they're saying now that aren't going to be OK in 20 years, because mm-hmm. I know when I was their age, there was a huge list of things that you could say that you could absolutely can't say now. And that's why i'm i'm not sure of of anything and even you and i doing our podcast and getting feedback on little missteps that you make that you think are innocuous or you don't even think of at all and then somebody puts it in your face and you really think of it and then you'll never say it again because now you know and i don't know ultimately opening up the discourse and someone like beyonce has shined a light on it so much Mm -hmm. that ultimately it's a it's a great thing depending on Mm -hmm. how you look at it some people might look at it like freedom of speech is going away but i don't know i'd like to think we can all adjust and still make good art and comedy and but you know i like anything there's a line that's too far it's just i don't know where that line is and there's much smarter people than me that know how to define it and i'm fine to live within it 
Yeah. It, that's like me. You know, if somebody's saying, hey, I don't like this word that you use because of this, Shane and I are going back and we are changing that word or taking that word out of the podcast because we do. We are just in the position where we don't want it, anybody to feel crappy listening to us talk. We want you to come here and have a great time. But yeah. again, and I also know I'm my place in the world. I am a complete idiot. My yeah. charms do not come from my intelligence. So I will play because that's what I like to do. Play. I, I would say I'm comedy is kind of the thing that I like. I'll play within the mm-hmm. the borders that people create for me. And a lot of people's job is to create those borders. And that's what they're really good at. Yep. Uh, the next question. And it's the final question we're going to take on. Have you heard of the purple line in labor? And I I have never. Is that a vein? So, no, it's the second last question. No, so it's the purple line. Okay, wait. So I am learning about it now. Is it a vein or not? No. It's like, it's essentially your butt crack along like your butt crack and perineum, I guess, turns purple. And it's like a non-invasive way of being able to tell how dilated somebody is. I'm not sure if it happens on all women, but it's like if the purple line goes, you know, a little bit up your butt crack, then you're two centimeters dilated. If it goes all the way up your butt crack, you're 10 centimeters dilated. And I'm curious because you were watching the baby come out. Did you see a purple line on my butt crack? Uh, I wasn't watching that close. It's (laughs) like the sun. You can glance at it out of curiosity, but my eyes weren't glued, let alone looking for a purple asshole. (laughs) Purple asshole sounds worse than purple butt crack. I know. (laughs) I was trying to make it naughtier. Um, So yeah, so it's, it's pretty interesting. Again, I don't know if it happens to every woman, but it's a very neat way that the cervix and just the rest of your body and pelvic floor area are connected. It's really amazing. What's it called? Purple railway? Purple line. Purple line? Oh, okay. And okay, our final question. Hey, Alex, do you have any recos for bachelorette activities and places to eat in the Hamilton area? We're a pretty casual bunch, but would love a fun daytime activity and nice dinner and drinks at night. Maybe this could be covered in the podcast and we will cover it, as I promised. So... Daytime activity. I don't know. We are so close. Like if you're in this area, we are so close to some amazing stuff. Go on like a winery tour and you don't have to go all the way out to Niagara. Go to Jordan or Lincoln, which is 25 they minutes away. They said Hamilton though. We got to live. There might be a very specific reason that they want to stay in Hamilton. So let's try to follow the question. What's that boat called that you can rent in the summertime? They used to have parties on it. They yeah, were so a party fun. boat rental would be really good. But do you, do you know the one yeah, I'm talking Chris about? Palin, the double decker. Sailing with Palin. Yes. Yeah. Sailing with Palin. Okay. Amazing parties can be held on these boats. Okay. So it's the Queen something. But that might be a lot because Sailing with Palin, I think, did it, but he had like 100 people and a band on it. True. Something that sounds like it might not be that great, but is and can get very fun and competitive and mm-hmm. silly and involve a little bit of beer um, axe throwing. There's lots of axe throwing yeah. places. I did that recently at my friend's 40th birthday party. I'd never done it before. It seemed like a cliche time-passing activity. Really fun. Yeah. Uh, axe throwing. Um, what's something else like that that's kind of well, silly and weird? Depends what you want, too. There's, fun. I don't know how to they say it, if fun. it's joie or joie de spa, but go and like get all of you, get treatments, get facials, get like manis and petties all done together, that kind of but thing. What's fun? You can, you can drink while you do that. That is so fun to have somebody rub your feet while you drink a cocktail. 
Okay. It what, depends. What could elicit laughter? Um, a, it's a bachelorette, right? A bachelorette. Oh, go to a comedy club. There is Levity Comedy Club. Tom Green was just there yesterday. Mm. They, especially if your group of friends can have the piss taken out of you a little bit, the comedians love a bachelorette party. Yeah, they'll. It'll be a story. Somebody will say something. It. It'll be a story that to remember, and that's what you want on these nights. You want something memorable to happen like that. Potentially embarrassing thing to happen. Do that. There is there a male strip club in Hamilton? I don't, don't think, think there's there any is. strip club in Hamilton anymore. Yeah, they they just got rid of it. But, I was going to say strip club could. Okay, be and. If you want to like do something where we were chatting the whole time, there are two awesome breweries that are like basically right across from each other. There's Fairweather Brewery and then Grain and Grit. And they're both in West Hamilton and they're very cute. But you're, it feels like you're doing more daytime activities. Well, because I'm trying to think of daytime before I get in tonight. What about a bar crawl? Well, that's what I'm thinking. So like start, start at the breweries, right? If you want to do like beer, do Grain and Grit, do flights of beer. You know how fun flights are. They make you feel great. But a crappy... Hamilton bar crawl could be more fun and walkable. I feel like breweries are well, drive thing and you got to hop in like cabs a lot. That's what I have for nighttime is okay. a Hamilton bar crawl because I mean you can make your way through so much of Hamilton and have the most fun like start on Augusta and make your way all the way down to the tip of James North. Have your pre-drink at a Hamilton Tiger Cats game. Oh. That would be really fun and funny. The crowd at a Hamilton Tiger Cats game is better probably than the game itself. And the games are pretty good too. But it's just the most enthusiastic, raucous group mm-hmm. of people you could think of. And you'll have a great time. They'll get the party started for you. Or if you want to get a good base, and this is the only cab you'd have to take for the night, start the night at My Pie. Get a mm. good base oh, of good like call. the best pizza in Hamilton. Tiki bar. Guys, they make cocktails that they set on fire. They taste amazing. They give to you in those big fun tiki glasses. And great they, atmosphere. Yes. So they have like rooms that you could essentially take over with your friends and then you're all just in this wicked tiki room and it's just you guys. Get your food on and then cab over to James North and then start at James North and make your way all the way up to Augusta by the end of the night. There are so many places, a couple good bars. There's Farside, The Brain, Martello has an amazing patio. Yeah. Is there a good place to dance in Hamilton? Gotta go find a place to dance. Well, there used to be. Pop, yeah, that place we used to in go to. In the basement, I know. What and then it called? Um, Shaolin. Shaolin. And Suba. Neither one of yeah, them exist anymore. Yeah, they don't exist anymore. though. In a live music place. Yeah, a total tour around town i think absinthe is moving back to their original location yeah absinthe back when we were young like this is like 20 years ago they would have motown nights where you'd listen to motown music on a wednesday and it would there'd be lineups around the block they would also do a fun night on saturday called disco punk but I think it's coming back to its old location, yeah. which might revive that type of energy. So look that up. That's all the advice I can think of. Yeah. And then, you know, just yummy places to eat. The Mule Martello Wild Orchid. They got a great front patio. Yeah, they had live music there too. The last yes, they did. But honestly, you can't go wrong. You can't go wrong. Do a crawl of all the great bars and CD bars yeah. in Hamilton. And you're going to have like... that CD. Yeah. No, you're going to have the best time ever. But... That's all we got for today. And we hope you have a great time on your bachelor. Let us know what you guys end up doing. Okay. Thank you so much for listening to this this family Family tree Tree Podcast. podcast, episode 139.